Defense yeah. agency doing a pretty good job because we have projects. Yeah, we don't know about something. DARPA. They like invented the internet, I think. Ah, good. Or like DARPA help. sounds like a lady who would be the mayor of Fresno. <laughs> DARPA Reynolds. <laughs> I'm right. picturing her like the who's the the Thirty Rock character, the one that's that's the guy's son who's just or he, the guy's daughter who's just kind of off. I was I wasn't on that wave. Okay, well, let's I was I was post the ending of the show on the wave, and it was only because my roommates at the time were watching it, and it's you were good. huffing the huffing the fumes. Literally, yeah, I would do a oh. bunch of nitrous and <laughs> watch Thirty Rock. <laughs> nice. nice. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Thank you for gathering around the hearth for another episode of Smite Me, the show where we give the Torah one last chance. I'm Josh. I'm joined with my two dear friends, Tora Savants, who look it up on Wikipedia, Ayani and John. What's up? It's Ayani. What's up? It's John. Tora Savants. That had his connotations I don't know about. I don't know why I oh, need to Oh, right, 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 right. I forgot. That means we're, that implies that, it just implies that we're good at Torah. I, do you guys think we're good at, I think we're getting better at Torah, but I'm not. I I'm I'm given I'm like no I think that's the whole uh, what I would imagine would be appeal, um, right? Some would say that was even the joke Josh was trying to make that I perhaps stepped and now on we're a little all here bit. Just, uh, we're all stupid is what we can all agree on. All right, yeah. Doing it. This is John. <laughs> wow, rip rip roaring star lads. <laughs> oh boy, cracking. Yeah. Um. Okay, I guess let's. I we could start with some some smileable offenses. Um, and if you if you wouldn't mind, I would actually like to start because I'd like to throw a wrinkle into the into the whole oh, yeah process. Let's do it. Is I don't think I need to tell any of you guys about what I did that was a smileable offense because I done got a smoke. <laughs> 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 For the listener, I only yeah, just held up um, his arm, and there's a there's a. Cast on, not a cast. What's this? It's uh, a brace, a splint, whatever you want to call it. Ayani sprained his. I sprained. I didn't actually spray my wrist. I basically. This is how I know I got smote, and it's not just a freak thing. I gave myself carpal tunnel in my sleep. Whoa. Yeah, I slept on it. Super weird. The people at the urgent care said it was probably inflamed before you know. Uh, it, it, before that, but just wasn't noticeable. And then I woke up on Friday and was like, my wrist feels weird. And by the afternoon, I could not fucking use it. I know this is a smiting because it happened in my sleep and because it became very, very clear to me that goddamn near everything I like to do with my life requires the use of my right hand. That includes playing bass. That includes like editing shows like this one and doing audio stuff. That includes cooking. That includes playing video games. That's literally everything I want to fucking do. That's all the things. Nothing else he does with his hands. I mean, fucking making like knives at work and stuff. Like all of these things require... Making knives? Yeah. That's a fun little hobby. Yeah, I was trying to make a dumb jerk-off joke, but I don't want to... Now I want to talk about the knives. 
I've, I've only made two. I've only made two. I've restored a couple. It's fun. You've made and restored more knives than probably anyone I know. I'm not that great at it, though. Twice. I'm not that great at it, but I'd like to be better at it. I'd like to learn how to like forge stuff and shit too, but that's probably not. That, I mean, you're just you're cruising for a smiting, dude. You're just yeah. No, I'm, what, I definitely did the wrist didn't teach you. I'd see. I definitely got fucking smote. So like, all right. I guess God won me zero. Yeah, you know, honestly, I got pretty smite smoted smat too <laughs> this morning. I had like an anime level smiting of my body today. What happened? I don't know. I hope I don't bore people with my surf stories, but like you were saying, you have, you know, these are like my four things that I do. That's like my, one of my four things. I was surfing today in Marin and the beach is really, really steep. And so I didn't realize it, but I was just like flying straight at the sand and was so close to hitting it. So I had to just jump off the board into the foam. And it was so strong that it just dragged me across the beach like I'd just been like punched in Dragon Ball Z or something. And but since there was enough water under me, I was just kind of like gliding across the beach, just getting like pummeled by rocks. Damn. You yeah. look amazing for that happy <laughs> Thank you. I mean they were they weren't that big of rocks. Um but still you got like Goku a, punched by God. It was <laughs> insane feeling, I have to say. And that was after I also bailed midwave and like it was so steep that my body like skipped off it like a stone but oh i was like God. flying straight down it was crazy i don't know happy birthday to me it's my birthday tomorrow <laughs> oh happy birthday man <laughs> yeah yeah thank you thank you yeah so is that yours josh that i guess yeah that's... i also think maybe i don't have to explain myself because i got really really tossed around all right yeah wow yeah so i was actually i like a shuffleboard <laughs> puck the the phrase tossed around has has like some emotional <laughs> weight to it. Oh, it, uh, yes it does. <laughs> yeah, once you get tossed around and you walk out, you're kind of just like <sighs> like what am <laughs> I doing? Sounds like like here? an Alanis Morissette song or something. <laughs> yeah. You had a bad day. You got tossed around. No. That's Daniel Powder. Well, that's kind of <laughs> Thank incredible you very much. that we must be doing something right with this show because we're finally starting to see the consequences for that's it. So- that's why they say we're the bad boys of Toro Radio. I mean, that's that's people keep telling you that. <laughs> it's, I feel like we're finally living up to it. You're, you're, just random guys on the street are just hey! see you and pointing you and say, you're the bad boy of Toro Radio. <laughs> Watch out for this guy, man. He's a bad boy. <laughs> oh, my God. You, like, show up to surf spots that you'd previously gotten your ass kicked at, but you mm-hmm. show up and like the, the like head surfer guy, like has listened to the podcast and he sees you and he just gives you a nod and he's like, respect. Like, all and my waves just, You just go right now, ahead. Dude. All the people come over Toyota being like, Tacoma. you fucking cool guy. And he's like, no, dude, he's cool. Dude, bring the, bring the pod rig into the waves, dude. I'm like, sorry, fellas. How many times can I explain it? I just can't. Um, yeah. I guess all, I kind of, I didn't really get smited at all, but I it felt like I did. Within the last two hours, I've lost my wallet and gotten a text from a lady who found it, who somehow found my number. But between that time, I like screamed and cursed God. Um, so I probably would get sm- I probably I smited myself. I done I done uh-huh. smit myself because my voice, if you'll notice, is kind of fucked up. That's because I was in my car yelling yelling the f word. And I'm you talking put down about, a deposit on I'm a talking about smiting. fuck. I'm talking about the good F word. <laughs> um, but yeah. Also, I, I think I would have gotten smited because I watched the Joseph, no, the Andrew Lloyd Webber um, 
version of mu- the musical of Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat starring Donny Osmond. And I proselytized my fellow man to watch it. I tried to get both of you to watch it, to which Ayani promptly refused. <laughs> There's just, I'm not ever going to spend any of my free time doing it. But yeah, it's this one's really weird. The way it's set up is like the establishing shot is like a bunch of school children in uniforms, like running to an assembly or like walking to an assembly. This already and, sounds like dog shit. It sucks, dude. And in and then Egyptian they, school uniforms or no, they're just like little like American white. Oh, and, and then they're gonna be. Let me tell you the story. <laughs> dude, musicals are such fucking. Do that if you're already watching a movie. No, exactly. So it sets up that they're doing it in front of that. So it's like these kids are going to a school play and the school play is Joseph. It's very a weird, very weird framing. But then all, but then later when it's – I didn't watch the whole thing. I only watched about up to where we are in the story now. But the, the thing from last week where Potiphar's wife um, like – tries to fuck Joseph, I was like, oh, how are they going to get around that? Because they've already established that they're, like, performing for a bunch of children. And the answer is they didn't try to get around it. They were just like, and then this lady tried to fuck Joseph. And here's <laughs> then, what sex is. Not, like, not, quite, not really, but there's a lot of, like, male nudity. And, like, I think the final shot of one song is her, like, like Joseph is, like, like, shirtless on the ground and she's like standing on top of him with her she she like has like a heel on top of him it's like very erotic and then it's like just cut interspersed with shots of children being like i don't know what's happening um not actually but they're they have established that there are children in the crowd anyway i'm sounds good dude (laughs) yeah (laughs) sounds like sounds like something i gotta see i might go watch it right after we're done yeah fuck me it up right now Oh, also, this last little, you know, if we're done with that, last little kind of special announcement, I noticed that it's our 10th episode. Ooh. Oh, true. Yeah, our we're about to be done with Genesis. We're going to be done with Genesis soon. The fucking actual thing is launched. We're almost fucking caught up. We have an email that we can tell people to send their bad ideas to. Like, you know, this is the real deal, man. We're in it. That's true. We're in it. We do have an email. Um, which we'll tell you later. Oh, we should tell you know what we can just say I it now. People I just... do on podcasts that what? we don't do. Hey, people! If you're listening to this, you should leave us a five star review and subscribe to it. Oh wherever yeah, wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, the Bodega Corner Store. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh yeah. Yes, that's uh, true. Yeah, you should. A... You should. You know. Yeah. Uh, if you, if you if you see it and you're like, hey, I wonder if these guys need any kind of like tangible support, you can just be like, hey, click that five star button, and then Apple says you're worthy of our attention. Look, we don't do it for clout, but if you want to give it to us, I'm not going to say no to it. Yeah, I guess one more announcement would just be that um, if you're listening to this and you happen to not um, be of the Jewish faith, you should convert to Judaism. Um, I don't I don't endorse that at all. I think that— I think instead of that, I'm going to say shout-out to, uh, to uh, renowned cool guy Aaron Bandler who gave us $5. Oh, true. Yeah. Which I haven't seen any of, by the way. We're gonna, we're gonna, <laughs> it's we're gonna take to my a bank plaster account. hand cast. Interesting. And put it <laughs> follow the, the money. Yeah. Follow, yeah, follow the money right to my. Follow the money and also follow the work hours. And I would say I just, it probably ended up where it How funny would it be if we let, if we let Bandler giving us five dollars like just tear, absolutely tear <laughs> us apart? <laughs> yeah, that would be great. All right, should we get into the summary? 
Yes. Um, this week we were doing Miquettes. It is the continuation of the Joseph story. Let's see. Last week... He'd been thrown in prison, and uh, he interpreted the dreams of the cupbearer and the baker to Pharaoh, and that was the end. Okay, yes. So we open on, not Joseph, but we open on Pharaoh having a weird-ass dream, and that dream is, yes, seven large cows come out of the Nile River, and then seven thin cows come out of the river and eat those fat cows. And then he has the same dream, but with ears of grain, for whatever that's worth. Pharaoh asks all of his top guys, well, like, what does it mean? And they're all like, I don't know, chief. Sounds like a tough one. So, but then the cupbearer who had been with Joseph in prison, who's now working with Pharaoh, he's like, oh, I know a guy. There's this guy in prison who knows all about dreams. Me and this other guy told him about our dreams, and I'm here right now, and the other guy died, so he's legit. That was what they used in, in lieu of a resume back then. Right. <laughs> it was just who survived. Prison. Prison Rex. Yeah. So Pharaoh summons Joseph, and Joseph tells him that his dreams both have the same meaning because they're the same dream. That for seven years there will be plenty to eat in all the land, and then for seven years there will, there will be famine. So Joseph advises Pharaoh to appoint somebody to manage Egypt's resources. And Pharaoh looks around and says, How about you, pal? So he just <laughs> chooses Joseph because. Having being good at interpreting dreams translates immediately to being good at at managing corn and other resources. It's not super dissimilar to what we do with our economy. <laughs> That's true. We do just put some. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it did. We'll get into this, but it reminded me of Dick Cheney, kind of. He's one of Pharaoh's magicians. Who, Dick Cheney? Yeah. No, no, no. It reminded me of the thing where Dick Cheney, like, he was supposed to find a vice president for. George W. Bush, and then he just ended up being like, uh, me, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I've looked all around. So, oh, so Pharaoh is like, you're the guy, you're going to manage all of our resources. So then he just gives Joseph everything. He just gives him like a chariot and a place to live and like riches and a wife. And Joseph has... Doesn't he even give him his ring? He does. Yeah, he he takes Thing. off his pinky ring and gives it to him. He makes I mean, him basically on. everything except being Pharaoh. Like right, he's like, he's that's like, still for me, but like anything, anything that means you wield power over everyone except me, you fucking have the go ahead. He's like, you're the number two Pharaoh. And then, yeah, so Joseph gets all this cool shit. He uh, marries a nice young woman. They have two kids, Ephraim and Menasha, whose Ephraim's names. My name, what's up? Okay, so we cut to seven years later. Back at El Casa de Jacob, the famine has started, so Jacob sends all of his sons, except for Benjamin, to go buy food in Egypt. When they get there, Joseph recognizes them, but they somehow do not recognize him. We don't know how that happens. Maybe he has Groucho Marx glasses. Maybe he's just some. Some of the rabbis think it was just because of his beard. For whatever plot device reason, they don't recognize him. Joseph immediately accuses them of being spies, and they're like, we're not spies, here's our life story, and they, like, tell him, like, we have, they say, we have one, we have an old dad and a brother who's at home with him and a brother who is no more, who they're referring to Joseph, and he's like, no, fuck you, you're spies, and so then he throws them all in jail, and while they're in jail, Reuben, the 
our beloved Ruben, who's the horny guy, but that's neither here nor there. He he's like he like reflects and he's like, this is because we were evil. We were bad to Joseph. It's like kind of it's weird because the language of it kind of seems like he knows that it's Joseph, maybe. But also it's also just him being like, this is it's like cosmic justice or something like this is. So Joseph, his final decision, he decides to keep Simeon in jail and send the rest of them back to Canaan to bring their youngest brother. And before they leave, Joseph tells his servant to fill their bags with grain and to also secretly give back the money they paid him. So the brothers return to Jacob and tell him about the guy they met in Egypt, Joseph, that they don't know, who imprisoned Simeon and demanded they bring Benjamin with them. And Jacob refuses to send Benjamin because that is, that is the last magical special boy he has left. And Last of his gigantic adult sons. And eventually the famine gets bad enough that Jacob is like, whatever, send Benjamin or else we're all going to die. So they bring and they bring a bunch of gifts and money to Egypt with them because that's all these people know. It's like Jacob with the they just bring gift baskets with like Ferrero Rocher and shit. Um and almonds. And the almonds and lotion. Just a little bottle. Um they bring a bunch of gifts and money to Egypt with them. Joseph greets them and prepares a feast for them. Um he returns Simeon and asks how Jacob's doing, but he still doesn't reveal his identity. After the meal, Joseph has his servants fill their bags with food and, and then give them their money back like last time. And also he has the servant put a silver goblet in Benjamin's bag. Then he, once they leave, he has them followed, stopped and frisked, and brought back to him for the crime of stealing. Judah begs Joseph to take all of them if he's going to take Benjamin because if they return without Benjamin, the shock might kill Jacob. But Joseph tells them, too bad, kick rocks. Joseph rules the brothers drool. Yeah, that's there's that's my summary. Joseph has gone com- to at least in my mind to complete contemptible bastard. I don't I don't fucking I don't think this guy has any fucking redeeming traits. Um in any You're sort gonna of feel way. really stupid when you have a dream and you don't know what it means and you I know what all my dreams mean. They're very spelled out. And you're gonna not even know what to say. No, they dr- Birds are going to be picking your head off in a dream, and you're going to be like, what does this mean? I'm not afraid of a fucking bird. I butchered thousands <laughs> of them. Um, I feel like maybe tell me if this is a wrong take, but Jacob seems like someone who would uh, uh, maybe at the very famous like dinner parties he's having as like Pharaoh number two. Wait, Joseph or, or Jacob? Joseph. Joseph. Joseph would tell other people at the dinner party being like, well, you know, I don't think slavery is necessarily that bad because, you know, sometimes you end up basically being Pharaoh. <laughs> that I, 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 yeah, it kind yeah. of creates this weird upward mobility narrative. He has it's like, failed. If you're really good at something like telling what dreams mean, then you could go from being a slave to being the number two guy. He has failed upward to literally being everything but Pharaoh. Also, can we talk about how he's one of the he he has he has two jobs. He is both vice president and of of the country and grain salesman, right? I he's mean, just do you want to start? He's dealing with wholesale like grain. He's like people are coming to him and being like, "Hey, can I buy some grain?" I mean, I have a lot of thoughts about that whole <clears throat> practice in that that section cuz it's part of why I think that he's a uh, uh, a horrific bastard. Cause he's well, I think though, I will say, um, <clears throat> I feel like it maybe shows a little bit of cunning on the pharaohs 
point by putting uh, Joseph in charge just because like we've seen all these kings up until then in the Torah like just get totally screwed over because they're on the wrong side of God and then Pharaoh's like look like obviously God is a fan of your work so just just do whatever the hell you want basically because then he's not you know then then he's not going to just like have God like close up all the wombs of all the women in Egypt yet that's um, interesting or, or uh huh. you know destroy that nuclear bomb yet or well it just i i was kind of saying it before but yeah it's kind of like on this weird billionaire mindset tip where it's like joseph was just a sl- like joseph was in jail he was a slave and then he was in jail but he grinded and he interpreted dreams really well and he interpreted dreams so well that Pharaoh put him in charge of all the grain. And then he was a king and he was able to like get back at his brothers who wronged him. I mean, that's kind of an appealing sales pitch for a religion. Like no matter what, what revenge. Well, no, just that like you could be the lowest of the low. Like your brothers could sell you to death in Egypt and then God's on your side. And then you get to be the grain poppy and give it to everyone else. Oh, I forgot another element. I'm so sorry to do this, but I'm not that sorry. Is another element of the Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat musical is that when they finally get to get to Pharaoh, he's he's just Elvis. Wow, this <laughs> is just Elvis, and he says Elvis things. Anyway, it's almost like that entire theater community is completely out of touch with anything that's been happening for the last hundred years. All right, let's get into it. I, I don't know if it's fair to tie Andrew Lloyd Webber into the that entire theater community. This shit came out like probably twenty five years ago. Anyway, I'll die crucified by their hands. <laughs> wow, there's a phrase: "As above, so below." <laughs> As above, so below. You know, you, sometimes you just have to say. Um, okay, so I got a couple things. If we're just gonna start at the very, very beginning. Let's start at the beginning. Yeah. So number one, man, I do think it's nice that the cupbearer does remember Joseph. Yeah, that was get, sweet. No, and he gets to do a feature with Pharaoh, and that's cool. But it's also like kind of not very good storytelling because literally, like in the last paragraph of the last chapter, they were like, "And the cupbearer forgot about him," and then we realized that the cupbearer is how we move Joseph along in the story, so he remembers. Does it explicitly say that the cupbearer forgot about yeah. him? Yeah, and it's after he's like. Don't forget about me. And the cupbearer is like, I'm gonna forget. really? <laughs> yeah, it yeah. says that. You commented on it. I just asked. I guess I just show. didn't. Well, but I mean, then he remembered. That's what happens. If see that that brings up a valuable question: is you know, in life we forget about things and then we remember. So, like, if I'm not thinking about a subject right now, and did I forget about it? it makes you think. Okay. No, I I'm I'm grasping at straws here. That's crazy. That sometimes you remember stuff. Why would they specify that he f- forgot about Joseph? No, it's bad storytelling. Is that all it is? You I think it's. I think it. Yeah, it's. It's like when they people like left the ass flap open in the onesie pajamas. Yeah, you know? <laughs> and we're just seeing we're just seeing those little hot cross buns a little bit. One thing is that he. We do see the fulfillment of the prophecy, the annoying little dream he had in the first in the in the previous chapter where he was like, oh my God, the you're going to bow to me. Everyone's going to bow to me, but you're going to be stars in the sky or some shit like that. But then it comes true. They bow to him. So like it's amazing. Sorry, haters. 
it's amazing how we had that little that little break with Josh going to get the batteries, and as soon as you just brought up Joseph again, I'm immediately back at the anger level. <laughs> I was just, yeah, right. Just right back up. It's like, oh my god, I want to punch this guy in the fucking face. And he's a fictional character. I don't really usually feel that strongly about that. I feel like part of it is because the characters are so flat in this. Like, Joseph has some real qualities, but it seems like his only quality is guessing dreams and kind of being a little dickhead. And getting thrown in pits. That's true. Oh, also, I had another comment. Now I kind of remember where we were. We're talking about kind of like Joseph interfacing with Pharaoh before he just gets appointed not Pharaoh, but Pharaoh. Um, do you guys know what the Doppler effect is? Mm-hmm. Is that what's like you get if it's a wave and as the source of the wave is traveling further away, it sounds it sounds different. It's like wah, 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 wah. No, it's not the wah 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 wah. It's it's what Josh was saying. It's like as 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 something's coming close to you, you'll get higher in pitch because it's getting closer. So the wave that's basically look up listeners, look up the Doppler effect if you don't it's know like what it is. It's like when your fire truck passes by and yeah, it's like, and then, exactly. Yeah. Joseph basically says that's what Pharaoh's dream is. It's like a divine Doppler effect because he's like, oh, yeah, you had it twice because the first time it's to tell you that it's happening. And the second time is to tell you that God is going to do it soon. Um, I, I guess that went over my head, but it was weird. I mean, I've, I've I found so little to grab onto in this fucking chapter. And you I know, I, I know I here's, that. here's a fun little line of inquiry, maybe. Um, I like how they're both. There's like this, there are kind of these two weird cross currents where it's like still xenophobic, but it also isn't anymore for a second. Because they sort of get at the fact that by him being Hebrew in the land of the Egyptians, he's kind of this like odd man out. And then, you know, when the, in the other portion, when the like grand pharaoh official's wife accuses him of raping her, she's like, that Hebrew tried to do this thing to me. So it's yeah. like obviously this real dividing line. And yet, Basically, he just kind of gets a couple of good guesses, and they're like, "What if we put you in charge of everything?" Um, so they're suddenly not suspicious anymore. While at the same time, I feel like this is written from a Hebrew perspective, and the Pharaoh people just look like dummies. Like they just can't understand what's going on with this famine thing, or like, you know, it's not like this is some like backwoods society that like never figured anything out. They probably had a good sense of what was going on with the Nile and famine, and you know what? It's it just true. Is, so that they really undervalue. I don't know it just it just the, the Egyptians come off as dummies, which they weren't, and they they seem more accepting. So it's like I don't know. It's they like seem... Hebrews are great, and Egypt Egyptians suck. Seems like the <laughs> interesting. I mean, I don't know. I noticed uh, like the kind of. Do you remember like really early on when we were doing this? when uh abraham and lot have like their little beef and he solves it by saying like how about we each get our own bits of land um and they kind of frame it as this like really kind of intense like really smart thing that abraham did um they kind of do the same thing with joseph here where when he's kind of given all the power and they're like well if there's gonna be seven years of like famine what are we gonna do and he's like uh store all the food yeah, his big idea is, like, let's put it in boxes. Yeah, so we don't go hungry. And let's put it in boxes, and then we put the boxes, like, I don't know, like, underneath someone's house or something. And they frame it with the Egyptians being like, have you fucking heard of this guy? Like, yeah, put the like, food in the food storage. Or it's like, and the implication is that even, like, 
he's smarter than the smartest people in the whole country. Yeah. Because, like, they can't figure out what's going on. Yeah, though I still think, honestly, a lot of it has to do with, like, the God WMD effect where they're just like, let's just, let's, I'm going to bet on the horse that has God riding it. Gotcha. You know, you know, Joseph, like, telling them how to live kind of reminds me of a guy named Dr. Fauci coming over here from Italy and trying to tell us that we need to put masks on our face. <laughs> oh, boy. Muzzle our families. Yep. Oh, my God. How do dare you... he infringe with my American rights? Do, uh, um, do people really get on his Italianness? As a no, that was all me, baby. <laughs> okay. That was all me. That would be, no. even for American cheap shots, that would be pretty silly. Yeah, we've all pretty much agreed that we've grown out of being racist towards Italian people, like on the societal level. They're yeah, like well, what's now. awesome is they get to still be racist <laughs> to other people. Hey. That's what's awesome about it. We should do a whole podcast where we pretend to be three Italian guys, like reading the Catholic <laughs> Bible for the first yeah. time. There's, there's a lot wrong with that. <laughs> with us doing that? There's yeah. a lot wrong with it, yeah. Like, hey, Mario, yeah. this part's looking a little problematic. <laughs> That's for we'll set okay. up a Patreon and then they <laughs> yep. can they that'll can, be the real money maker. That's right. Okay. So. Italian Kabuki Theater. That'll be the, <laughs> the dream. No, that'll actually start. <laughs> like, no, that's actually good. Yeah. Well, it'll be great. Well, because like part of the whole part of the of the kabuki is it's like overly, overly dramatic because it's like it's such an intense performance or whatever. So if you just do that with like New York Italian sensibilities, I feel oh, like yeah. that would be really fun. I'd be like staring into the sun. It'd be amazing. Um, okay. Uh, uh, what else can we say here? Oh, the last thing I, I do want to notice about this, like little, this, this little beginning thing where they kind of just reintroduce Joseph as like, do no wrong, super smart, special boy. Uh, which they continue to do is they also make a point of saying all of this like happened when he was 30 just to like really cement it in how cool and special he is because like everything that like Abraham did was when he was like 120 bazillion yeah, years right. old. Same with Isaac and like Jacob's super old at this point and is kind of finally at a point where he's like, all right, like all family beefs are settled. Like we can actually start to make like a people and whatever. And Joseph is so special that before he's even like 31, he's fucking Pharaoh. Yeah. He's just barely mm -hmm. missed the Forbes list. Yeah. <laughs> like this guy ha interpreted the Pharaoh's dream that there would be no more food for a while. So he had the idea to store grain. And it's only because he was in prison for a year. Like if they With hadn't done that. a small seed funding round from God, he <laughs> really <laughs> went for it. Oh, also I had a, uh, so in this, the next little section after this, just going on how, how much I fucking hate this character and how they, they really frame him to be like, even more so than Abraham to be just like, do no wrong, super special boy. Um, is they're talking about all the things he did where he's like riding around in the chariot and how he uh, is administering Egypt and how he's the best person who's ever administered Egypt and no one will ever be better than him because he's God's special boy. They say this line, I'm paraphrasing because I didn't write it down because I was so angry at it, uh, but they basically say like he stored so many grains that the entire place like they stopped counting because there was no number for how much grain oh, that he stored. He and they claimed that he literally broke math. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's like real a... <laughs> real toddler logic shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like they stopped counting because they didn't know numbers high enough. 
He had he stored infinity plus infinity plus a million <laughs> grains. Yeah, it's just it's like so. Oh, and they bring. Oh, here, Ioni, I've got the line. Uh, so Joseph collected produce in very large quantity, like the sands of the sea, until he ceased to measure it, for it could not be measured. His, I think like, that's that's probably where I like threw this in the trash can in it's my like mind. The world's <laughs> fucking lamest rap boast. Like he was so prudent. His prudence was unquantifiable. <laughs> also, the sands in the sea thing, a little theme. They love abundance. Yes. Your descendants are going to be like sands in the sea. Your produce is going to be like sand. Like with God, it's just like it's all going to multiply. It's all about sand. It's all about exponential <laughs> growth, baby. Covered in sand. Starts with a dollar, turns into uh, to, turns into a million. Although I do, I do slight defense. Although I'm, I'm just gonna do this for this one thing. So it's the only thing he, Joseph, does marry an Egyptian woman and have kids. And uh, there's not really any problem that the text has with that. So that's like a, a nice unusual point. Because yeah. usually the, the the text is like, and he mixed cultures, and that was a big problem. But I feel like weirdly in this, it just feels like it was like another trinket he got from being elevated to being yeah, totally. It was like he got the ring, he got the chariot, he had a, a wife. But also, I'm sure if we did some digging, we could find a rabbi who took issue with it. Oh. I probably feel like you don't have to dig that much. She ate a pomegranate that somebody else had said was their pomegranate, and so as a result, uh, she was thrown into a well. What? I'm just saying like that's what... You it could have that- been. You just make it up on the spot, or is that something? No, I'm just saying that like that could be a thing a rabbi thought. Yeah, it's some way to justify out like, oh, this is not a, a good thing. Or not because... even to justify anything, like, and that's why you uh, put, you put bread up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Wow, okay. I can't forget that. Let's talk about the next section, which is we cut to J. We cut back to Jacob's house, and he's like. It says Jacob saw that there was famine. I don't know. There's all this. Okay, can I actually seg us, segue us there? Because that's my last, like, final thing of why I think Joseph is such a fucking scumbag. Okay. Because the whole reason that Jacob's family comes down is because there's a famine that's going to affect all the land, including Egypt. That's why they've been storing grain. That's why, supposedly, Joseph is the super smart fucking crazy dude, right? So it says that all the lands came under famine. Presumably that means where Jacob is is living to and all that. So everyone's, it's a state of chaos and turmoil. And Joseph, special lovey-dovey fucking coolest dude to ever live that he is, is like, goes basically full capitalist fucking piece of shit and is like, hey, Pharaoh, if we, uh, we have all this grain, we can sell it to the surrounding lands at a premium price and we can get super rich. Does it say that explicitly? Uh, I don't I know mean, about the premium the price that part. Well, he like seizes it to make them store it, but then people have to buy it. And they buy it from Joseph. And the Pharaoh is like, oh, if you want to buy grain, like, don't talk to me. What can I do? I'm just Pharaoh of Egypt. Talk to Joseph. He's, He's the like, grain guy. You see a ring on this finger? I gave it to Mr. Grain Man. There was something, some rabbinic text I read that said that when Pharaoh said that, when Pharaoh was like, go talk to Joseph, he's the grain guy, what was implied was like, if you want grain, you have to get circumcised because the Jew has all the grain. So. Oh, oh, that's even better. <laughs> now it's fine. Of course. We, lest we forget. Which, honestly, that's awesome. That's a cool power move. Just 
being the Jew in the land, being like, oh, you want to eat? Um, yeah, we all have things we want. So <laughs> hand over the foreskin, buddy. <laughs> wow. I don't know. I just, yeah, that whole little bit just, uh, he'll prove himself to be even worse. But like, I think everything about Joseph so far, the beginning of his story, like, yeah, he's annoying, but maybe he doesn't deserve to, you know, get sold into slavery. Not that anyone does. Maybe but all he the doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, some um, people. Yeah. He and, didn't deserve slavery. He deserved the pit. That's what I'll say. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. A couple days in the pit is fine. <laughs> but then the he turns this whole situation and rather than like, you know, kind of being like going to Pharaoh and saying like, hey, look, there's like, there's a lot going on. Like maybe part of how we solve this is we cut down on the excesses of the palace or whatever. He just goes into full, like God chose me. I didn't learn anything from my experiences. Like, yeah. Fuck the meek. <laughs> yeah. I'm me. Yeah. yeah. He really is though. He's like, I was a prisoner one time and I was a slave one time. And uh, I don't see how any of those people suffering has anything to do with me. Okay. Let's dive into how he acts that out because next thing. Okay. What I want to talk about is how his brothers come. He recognizes them. They do not recognize him. As much as we have to d suspend disbelief in this book to, for like stuff like God and and like stuff coming out of nowhere, there's almost more suspension of disbelief we have to do in terms of people falling for disguises that are non-existent. Like, was he wearing Groucho, Mar Groucho Marx glasses? This is where you, I don't know, that makes sense. I could me. actually kind of believe it. It would be like so astounding to them. Cause they like, they thought, I mean, they oh, fully yeah. thought they would never see him again. Like they were sending him into the abyss and then he probably looks different. It's been eight years, and then also— How the, does he recognize them? Because well, they're all together? Probably. It's like there could be one, yeah. It's also like the last time they saw him, he was in a pit, and they had taken his special coat away, and he was like maybe naked in the pit and just being like, let me out! Ah! And like the next time they see him, he's everything except for Pharaoh. So he's probably decked out in hella jewels and shit. They're so also they're not yeah. gonna be super like, afraid, you know? And yeah. You, don't, you don't, aren't really thinking straight if you're that scared. Yeah, but so yeah, like no, I, I mean, don't know. It's, I can it's, see it's them. still a little ridiculous. And then the fact that they also talk about him just like turning away to weep while he's they're all just kind of standing there and they're like, hmm, I guess this is normal and nothing nothing he to see here. Normal world. He kind of does have like a full blown freak out when they show up. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you? I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm not saying that it's not like he, he does the little crying thing and then immediately he's they're just like, oh, hey, like, oh, great Lord, like, we'd like some grain because, you know, we, we don't have any grain in our land. And he just goes, spies! <laughs> yeah, he did seem pretty quick on the draw with that. He like, does immediately accuse him of being spies. Yeah. It's awesome. Why do you think, um, why do you think he has to, like, toy with them so much? Because, like, he already, like, by virtue of him being the guy holding the grains and then being the one begging for the grains, like he's already won, you know, like, no, I know what I... you mean. I think this is part of why I don't like him either is like anyone with like a, a good head on their shoulders. I think it would make sense for him to still be angry at him. I don't want to minimize like the fact that they did sell him into slavery, but like he's the Honestly, biggest cop when in your brothers sell you into slavery. That's valid. Yeah. 100%. I'll be honest. I'll, I'll come clean. Yeah. Brave stance. Yeah. Um, Thank you. So but yeah, much. Like, I, like, like I'm saying, like he's the biggest cock in the room. Nobody's denying that. <laughs> Wait, like he's the biggest piece of shit in the room. 
No, like he's like everything basically. Or like he's, he's hanging. He's dong. hanging dong. Okay. <laughs> like the if he really wanted to like toy with their lives or whatever, like he doesn't have to make a big show about it. Well, he could just be like, mm, I think your money's no good here. Go fuck yourself. Where I yeah, where I draw the line is like him fucking with all of them is fine, but then when he he continues to like make them go get Benjamin, which is like him, it's him messing with Benjamin and with his dad, both of whom did nothing wrong. That's when I'm like, okay, well now you're just acting like a power hungry. Yeah. He power trips. Jag off. Yeah. Though I suppose maybe this is a moment of actual sophistication where they're just like, Hey, this is what happens when you give people tons of power. They don't always remember the bad things that happened to them before they got it. That's... Or they do remember the bad things that happened to them. Well, they remembered the bad things that happened to them personally. <laughs> yeah, like they oh, remembered I, I feeling bad, but not that one could be on the receiving end of badness. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It's still not a great lesson. No, mean, no, I, it's not good. There, no, there is a good lesson in there. It's just not framed in a good way. Yeah. You know, if he had made his way to this position in some sort of interesting way it might be a little more compelling but the fact that it was god was just like you're gonna nail this and then like i guess on a on a narrative level sometimes this kind of god who's just like i'm gonna make everything you do perfect it's kind of boring it's just like where's the yeah no i completely agree if if um there's no tension if god's just gonna like do it for you yeah if if I, I would say the pa- like the the freak out would also be I wouldn't mind it as much if Joseph had clawed his way to the top. Yeah. But like Joseph basically what he did was he got thrown in prison and guessed some dreams three times, three like you know. Yeah, man. The rule of he threes and then he became Pharaoh. I the only way I would have respect for Joseph is if he like was like out there grinding at the like dream interpretation open mics, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, just like going out to downtown Egypt, he was getting, getting, just paid in getting years, three man. in a night. Didn't even yeah. You know? Yeah. Just interpreting everyone in the audience dreams. Just you just sir, what, he's what, Larry what? David's daughter doesn't mean he should get all this handed to him. <laughs> Joseph is Larry David's daughter. <laughs> yeah, it's Cassie David and Joseph David. <laughs> okay um (laughs) the two daughters the two yeah so i kind of miss the early old testament god who's just doing wild shit like where where'd you go we're gonna get him back i think i'm confident i hope we get him back but you're right god just making you the perfect special boy is not nearly as fun as god personally coming down to snipe people he just smited someone last week (laughs) i know that was so much more fun i know i like arbitrary justice god at least keeps things interesting but here it's just it's it's Joseph doing the smiting, and he just it gets to do it. So God is kind of in that way. God is kind of smiting people. Like over overarching character arc, though we're going the same character, same God, right? Who's now like very much just like I'm gonna move stuff so that everything works in Joseph's favor. Was the same God who at one point decided like this world fucked up, gonna flood it. True. Right, or the God who killed someone for jacking off is now like watching what this brother like psychologically torture his other brothers, and is like. Power, you know. Wait, also, what can I do, sometimes, man? Sometimes he's, he's basically it? Pharaoh. Yeah. Joseph decides that Simeon is going to stay in jail while the rest of his brothers go back. Is there any reason for that? Is Simeon? What did? What was Simeon's role in throwing him in the pit? Judah was the one who encouraged it, and Reuben was the one who didn't want it, and Simeon was and around. Simeon was just around. Okay, so yeah. they just arbitrarily choose Simeon. Mm-hmm. What do you think? What do you think Joseph and Simeon did? Do you think they just kind of kicked it? 
I bet as soon as I bet he pretend I bet Joseph like pretended to all the other brothers like I'm gonna put Simeon to work and then I bet as soon as they left I bet Joseph just like I bet Simeon was the one that Joseph always like wanted to impress and so I bet as soon as they all went away this is my rewrite oh he like showed in his the, record collection yeah and, and like he like broke out the bong he's like man I'm not gonna make you do any work like do you like, like video do you games do you oh my have God. a catch it's like in um in the godfather when they're in prison but they're just like hanging out and cooking sausages and stuff yeah yeah i think that's kind of how it went um also just a, a fun little thing uh i definitely took issue with the next section we're talking about in the actual terms of the text they repeat themselves like ad nauseum oh, where yeah. basically J- joseph tells them to say something to jacob like to deliver a message and the way that the text writes it is like they just in the text the character says verbatim to Jacob what Joseph said to them. It's just fucking like it's called storytelling, baby. It's it's something. Oh, um, you know, so here I thought there were there's kind of a an interesting scene where Jacob gets increasingly more exasperated with his sons and all their shenanigans. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, Wait, so is, this is after they get back from they get back from Egypt without with some grain and with their money back, but without Simeon. Yeah, it's like I told you to do <laughs> one thing and you really did something else. When um, you like spell it out like that, it is so bizarre. <laughs> they went to the store and they got they got the groceries, but they like left their brother. It is like, like you came you came home with everything I asked you to get. Claim you haven't spent any money, but a family member is missing. Yeah, it's like this is not what I meant when I meant just... Wait, so also... Wait, I'm sorry. I cut you off, Josh. Did you oh, have well, a... I just... He just kind of, like, somewhat justifiably just gets sort of pissed at them, and he just says, it is always me that you bereave. Joseph is no more, and Simeon is no more, and now you would take away Benjamin. These things always happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> Which is sort of funny. I, I just underlined it and wrote large adult sons. Like, he's just like, you nincompoofs. He just... Oh, okay, wait, no, this oh, feeds into Ruben my whole... Oh, and then is like, if I don't bring him back, you can kill my son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, Dad, I'm so sorry. That's great. He And then Jacob is like, no, I'm not going to do that. And then they also just casually mention Jewish hell. It's kind of an exciting... Wait, when do they mention Jewish hell? He says... Um, if he meets with disaster on the journey you are taking, you will send my white head down to Sheol in grief. And I looked it up, and Sheol is like the dark place where souls go and they die, but it's not hell. Whoa, is the snake in charge? I bet the snake's in charge. I, I bet be you surprised. go and the snake's in charge, and he makes you eat apples. In she- yeah, in Sheol, the snakes have legs, and they make <laughs> you eat apples. and With their legs. So yeah, I don't know, it's just like a funny sort of bizarre scene where it's like, actual emotions happen and then they just like casually refer to this thing that hasn't been present i love i love ruben missing the mark so hard <laughs> like yeah. like oh dude dad it's okay like if if we can't bring him back you can kill one of my sons and like jacob in tears being like that's not how it works <laughs> it's, it's like, like when you're i don't know it's like sorry it's it's like more little kid logic where it's like you know you're at snack and your friend has like a reese's cup and you're like can i have a reese's cup and he's like, no. And you're like, you can kill me. <laughs> you give me a reason to come, you can kill me. It's like, what? Why would I? No, I, I still can't. No, I, why would I want to kill you? Yeah, these brothers are more fucked up than the Emanuels. Um, <laughs> or like 
I don't know what or the Cuomos. The Emanuel. I didn't know there are more Emanuels besides. Oh Rom. yeah, the guy. So there's Rom, and then there's the guy who is like the protagonist of Entourage is based on Ari Emanuel, and they're in the what? same family. Okay, this and is like, totally. I out and have Thanksgiving with each other and stuff. Let's talk, Josh. You have my number. Um, yeah. <laughs> Okay, yeah, let's talk about why does Joseph give them he gives he sends them back with grain and with their own money back? Is that to try to like something I read kind of made it seem like that was him trying to get inside their head, you know? That's how I saw it. Like he's like I'm going to put there's this money back so that they think that I'm trying to accuse them of stealing from me. It was like a little heads, I don't know. Which he will do. Yeah. Which he's well, going to yeah, do anyway. Does. Yeah. Right. Well, I think or, it's just a but further but, flexing of his power over them. It's just like they don't even want to be close to the Pharaoh's gold or anything, and then he just it does it anyway. Just he it's can. almost like he, from a generous read, Joseph doesn't want his father to starve, so he sends them back with food. But he's also basically being like, "I'm so rich and so much more powerful than you guys have literally nothing you could give me." So like, take your fucking money back, you fucking idiot hebrews <laughs> right <laughs> i don't know i think mostly it is it is um it, it's just to fuck with them yeah that's kind of how i read it because you know you open up the thing and you're like okay we got the grain how many things have we got like well, our money is here when you're out of egypt and you look back and you're like oh man that guy seemed familiar i sure hope it wasn't our brother that we sold into slavery after we threw into a pit right that'd be weird that's what i not to to go back for a second like i do wonder if when reuben is like this is because we like when they're in jail and reuben is like this is because we sold our brother into slavery i wonder if part of him's like do you guys think that guy looks a little bit like joseph <laughs> you think maybe that was our brother joseph Oh, it also has this fun thing where they, like, are talking to each other in whatever the proto-Hebrew was, and they, like, I can't remember what they say, I just noticed that, like, they think they're kind of being sneaky, but Joseph understands them. Um, but then it also says that it's because there was an interpreter there, where it's, oh, like, there's yeah. so much, like, confusion about, like, like, if there's an interpreter there, and jo it's, like, Joseph, like, who's Joseph playing that to? Is he playing that to his brothers, or is he playing to the Egyptians? Like, Maybe he's playing interestingly playing both like it would maybe present a problem actually if he knew these hebrews in their midst or yeah that now that i said it out loud maybe that's it is it's part of the disguise because if they're just like hey i'm speaking my language and we need this and he's like no problem quick on the draw just like hey man go fuck yourself that it would be a little would bit seem like he was excessively hebrew if he yeah then they'd probably be like hey have you heard about this cat named Joseph? And you have to be like, no. There's Never an, um, I thought it was interesting that then the kind of final thing you see is like the brothers all come back again, kind of head in their, or like heart in their hands. And then he throws them a big feast just to like further mess with them. Well, and also cause it's like, I don't know. I feel like that's like kind of like a classy mob thing of like, Listen, like, we may disagree. I may be shooting you in the head at the end of the night, but, like, let's eat something, you know? I just sort of saw it as, like, not quite so much that, but just literally, like, he's just, it's like, it feels very psychological. Like, if you're afraid someone is going to kill you and they invite you to dinner, like, how do you respond to that? <laughs> right, oh, and, they treat I guess, you, yeah. and they treat you nicely, and he's about to turn it around right after that dinner. 
He's like, no, this is kind of where like I I don't really like fuck with Joseph because he just he goes beyond the realm of like I'm understandably upset and is into just like I don't know. It almost seems like, hey, look how fun it is. I can just play with these people's lives. Moreover, because I know their entire family history and everything, so I like know all of the buttons to push. I think there's an interesting. This will be sound like it's giving too much credit to the text, but I don't think it is. I think there's an interesting thematic parallel with, was it Dina, who, the one who's raped? Yes. Yeah. The story of Dina in the sense that, like, in both what's going on here with Joseph and his brothers and the story of Dina, like, one terrible violent thing just kind of keeps flowing through this bad system and the bad people in it and becomes many more violent bad things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's just like a reminder that just sort of like you do something like that once and it doesn't just end there. Like people get messed up, they get mad, they way overreact and then they they get traumatized. Yeah. 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 And they can do something even worse in response. Um, It is actually funny you draw a parallel to that because it's not the same thing because Benjamin is a male in this text and society and males are treated vastly different from females. Um, and obviously, and like Dina is just basically used as a prop by both sides in that horrible uh, section of the text. But they kind of do something similar, where like Benjamin is basically like a pawn piece. Actually, in in this case, it's like very literal. Like he's just moved back and forth. Oh, yeah. as yeah. a as a means of influence. Um, and this is part of why it's like super fucked up for for Joseph to do that because I think. It kind of circles back to when they're back at Jacob's place after they bring the grain the first time. And Jacob Jacob is, like, convinced that he cannot send Benjamin to Egypt basically because he's worried that— exactly this will happen? No, he's worried. I think that—and then also he's worried that, like, he probably has some suspicions that, like, his other sons fucked with Joseph. And Benjamin is is, is, uh, uh, Rachel? No, yeah, Benjamin is, is the other special he's little the, boy. He's the new special little boy. So he's like, oh, my God, I'm going to send him away with the fucking brothers again. Of course he's going to turn up missing again because they're all like, you know, because firstborn whatever shit. And then I think Joseph is playing off of that knowledge oh, by essentially yeah. setting them up for an impossible task. And then if even if they do do this thing and Jacob is convinced because he gets to kill Reuben's son or, or whatever the fuck, um, like – he he has he has even more power because he has the ability he knows this family's dynamic and he knows the way the society works so he's really pulling some puppet string fucking bullshit that's why he puts the silver cup in fucking Benjamin's it's not a fucking accident he's not just like ah, I hope this one's the most special one he's doing it so that his he'll that he can send his other brothers back without Benjamin and his dad will will realize that they are fuckers i guess it's just yeah it seems like a savvy maneuver like he just gets he gets the other special boy on his team and he rids himself of the nincompoop brothers and then also makes his dad beholden to him all in one yeah so okay we can agree he's a scumbag oh yeah he (laughs) sucks i mean scumbag season yeah yeah. So I that's just, where it ends, right? Is that's he where it he, ends. he yeah. frames his brothers, uh, his his brother, little brother of stealing, and then he uh, imprisons his brother, and he the other ones are like, if you send us back to our dad without Benjamin, he might have a heart attack and die, or he might die of shock or something. And he's like, well, 
too bad. You're free to go. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Ah, way to pull that one out. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Did you guys see any? Like, I didn't have a chance to dig deep into the rabbinic anythings. Or I often don't. But did, was there any talk of like, hey, is this Joseph character like kind of a maniac, or is it pretty Me, much? I could read a defense of Joseph. Oh, I'd love to hear one. Is Josh. there anything along the lines of like? Just be God's special chosen boy and you'll do all right. Um, it says Rabbi Rabbi Samuel Rabbi Samson Raphael Hirsch believes that Joseph acted neither out of revenge nor out of selfishness by seeking to fulfill the prediction of his youthful dreams. Instead, Hirsch argues, Joseph put his brothers to the test in order to determine two important matters. First, he wants to know if they would do to Benjamin what they had done to him. If so, then he could neither forgive nor trust them. Second, he needed to test how they would react when, and if, he, as a ruler of Egypt, revealed himself as their brother. Would they trust him? Would they be loyal to him? Would would they love him? I kind of get the first part. He does it. He does it the classic Old Testament way, though, where they're just like, "Well, we should see if whether or not they're." G-. What he basically is doing is, I don't know if if we can trust these guys to not kill my brother, so I should put my brother in harm's way directly. <laughs> yeah, that'll prove it. I mean, what would what would the right thing for Joseph to be? What am I saying? What would be the right thing for him to do? To to like, as soon as he gets that position of power, to like forgive his brothers and like move him in move them into the or move his whole family into the his fucking magic egypt castle and like you could just give him some food and tell him to fuck off forever nailed it yeah which is <laughs> and say, it's hey, almost Pharaoh, what send he a does chariot and get benjamin for me yeah and you could almost be like hey like i guess the generous way is he kind of fucks with them with a little bit and they and then goes like hey i know he's old bring your father down here you know, with with all his things, and then they move Jacob and all his family over there, and then they're like, just kidding, you guys are fucking assholes. We're not going to let you guys in. Right. And then just tells him to fuck off, but sends him on his way with food. Like, that's the problem with this is Jacob is as, or not Jacob, Joseph is as powerful as anyone can be in this situation. So he's he's not playing on the same, like, rules in terms of morality that, like, you and I are playing on. But I feel like there's so many, there are so many stories like this where somebody was at one point the underdog, and then immediately they're not the underdog anymore, but for some reason we're supposed to still be on their team as if they were the underdog. Do you know what I mean? It's a very seductive narrative to be the underdog. justifies a lot of what you do. But again, it only really works if you, like, claw your way there. I'm telling you, he was out at the open mics every night interpreting people's dreams, just randos at, you know, he would show up at these bars at, at you know, there's 10 o'clock, there's five people there. He would interpret all of their dreams. He would One absolutely crush. One time in Kansas crush. City, I saw him interpret 100 dreams in a night. Damn. You say in Kansas City? Yeah. Um, you know? I don't know. It's He's... It's kind of like my my same issues with Abraham. Like Abraham bumblefucks his way into being the prophet and doing and getting rich, right? And Joseph bumblefucks his way into being the most powerful man in the world. Like they're not good. It's not a good story. Well, he but part of his bumblefucking is like that he was victimized. You know what I mean? It's like he like 
Abraham was never really victimized, but for Joseph, part of his stumbling into power was being thrown into this pit, stuff that he had no power in, just like he had, like he, okay, yeah. you know what I mean? He's kind of, he's kind of just a pawn too. I mean, he's the one who's like, I am not, it's not me interpreting the dreams. I am just a vessel for God. Yeah. Like, All right, Pete Holmes. Like, I don't know. That kind of goes back to what Josh was saying though. Like if you were to take it literally, like if you were to just give someone who has had kind of like no power, kind of infinite power in a day, essentially, like they probably might not necessarily respond super rationally to everything. Well, um, to one of the things you said earlier was, I think, again, this is sort of retroactively giving the text credit for being mediocre, but it does make it (laughs) slightly compelling that they are kind of not that great like the characters yeah like in the sense that like it makes you think harder about what the right thing to do is when they're constantly not doing the right thing or the things they're doing are almost so inexplicable or like the heavenly mandate is so kind of sporadic and also so destabilizing that like it does kind of make you wonder like if i suddenly had a bunch of power what would i do or like if i someone really betrayed me and stabbed me in the back what would i do right though again it's like but this is like not like real nuance because you can contain all those questions and stuff and have it still kind of make sense but this is just sort of like a strange collage that also makes you have questions this kind of reminds me of like what i've noticed before like mentioned before where they like kind of redo some of the things that are more interesting in the text but they do them in all the wrong ways where like this is kind of similar to Jacob's story with the the fact that he sort of gets into this weird zone where he's not really in 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 power and you could kind of learn something from his overall experience but with Jacob's story they go into more detail and there's a lot more like meat to the story that you can kind of figure out like some characterization and you can kind of delve deep into it and learn some of these things and like they just skip over most of that in this so you're you just confronted any, with yeah. the same kind of bizarre situations as we were before, but without any of the like detail that makes that that better. Do you think anyone involved in the writing of the Torah loved their brother? Ah, uh, maybe one one person. You mean like their literal brother? Yeah, I'm saying like it yeah, seems like they all I got mean... brother issues. <clears throat> oh, I see what you're saying. Like every set of brothers. I was about to try to answer the question of like, are these people capable of love? <laughs> but that's a, we could break off a whole episode for that. Yeah. I, what is love, baby? Don't hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? They're by, <laughs> the writers of the Bible are inexplicably British. Oh, yeah. Inexplicably British. Because they're writers. They're writers. <laughs> Writing. There's a bunch of 40 year old it's British an comedy writers. And we're putting it to words. <laughs> <laughs> or something disgusting yeah i'm sorry um, everyone. i don't know i feel like i honestly don't have that much to say about this one it's yeah kind of i think a, we could wrap it up here we could yeah. say it's not ba- it's not bare enough stuff it was mostly me ranting about how much wait, i hate this character but also we i'm just gonna say i'm on team jacob because this the, the speech that he gives that josh read where he's just like you are always doing this to me <laughs> he says something like if i am bereaved then i am bereaved yeah. Like something, but yeah, I love. No, he, he is kind of resigned to it. 
He basically gives him the, like, after the third time your kid has gotten, like, detention for causing serious property damage at their school. Yeah, he's Fred Willard in Anchorman. Where it's yeah. just like, like, son, I love you, but you have to understand that you're a fucking moron. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and I love that he's just he's just part of this theme of, like, this generational theme in this book of dudes who are, like, wild asses of men as mm. this book once put it in their youth like <laughs> little little fucking stevos running around like causing issues and then in their old age they have to deal with their sons doing the same exact shit and it's just like mwah, just yeah yes justice i mean jacob wishes so you could have isaac's problems just two sons having a, a quick little birthright shenanigans now he's got fucking 12 of them well, they did at one point worry that they were going to have like two battling armies between. You know what? You know what? Honestly, Joseph could learn a thing from Esau because Esau was like, I could fucking kill you, but what if we just walked in different directions? <laughs> and then they were like, yeah, sounds great. You know, when you say that, it really does. The Bible solution to a lot of things seems to be, what if we never see each other again? Yeah. Yeah. It's like the. Which not a not a bad solution sometimes. I feel like if if any of them have held up compared to some of the other lessons in this thing, the idea that like sometimes you can have really bad beefs with people and it's better to just not to just walk away. But walk <laughs> away like bad. forever. Yeah. Just like nope, I don't that's actually not super dissimilar to what I've done with some people in my life. Or you're just like mm -mm. It's a funny here's a funny thought experiment though. Think about you guys and the listener think about like the sh one of the shittiest things you've ever done. Think about the person who was on the receiving end of that. Think about if they were in charge of all the grain, the person who your friend who you betrayed, whatever happened, that person, all of the grain is at their house. And if you want any grain, you got to go talk to them. That's pretty easy for me. I'll just die. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. I'll You're just like, die. And then I would just spend my time fondly remembering what grain was like back yep. when I had. Yeah, it. I mean, I guess I'd use the power of my imagination until my dying breath. Yep. Yeah. The, the, listeners, don't. That doesn't have to be your answer. You can have your own answer. Hey, hurt, um, hurt people, hurt people. Uh, I think I think I, I I think I might also be on team. No, you know what? I'm on team. Uh unmentioned so i guess it's technically like a midrash i'm like on team real close to the top former farm boy egyptian minister who is like oh i'm so close to being like the the pharaoh's right hand man and then all of a <laughs> yeah. sudden fucking joseph just shows up and steals the promotion oh yeah fucking, yeah the guy there's the like dust. the guy at the department of agriculture and then like jared kushner walks in and they're like what if yeah what if he had the solution to everything Ooh, Jared Kushner is the perfect metaphor. Just, and then like the whole time he's just that, spending that little face. That's all I'm gonna say. He's spending in time in like Egyptian courts, being like, ah, like I really hate that this guy just fucking walked into the state. But his ideas are fucking, they're there. Like, yeah, I'm on, I'm on that guy's team. I'm on the team of of, of probably like you gotta understand too. Like Pharaoh is like the god king, so no, no one says no. You're on the team of career Egyptian bureaucrats? No, 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 no. That's what they said. The guy who worked his way up from, like, farm boy. Okay. So someone who basically had Joseph's story but did the right thing. He's been his whole life. 
Yeah, but he did the right thing and wasn't blessed by God. Therefore, he wasn't rewarded for any of his hard I'm work. On, you know what? I'm on uh, Team Ruben, both the sandwich and the man. Because <laughs> he's, he's decent through and through, both the sandwich I mean, and the man. He's like Mitt Romney. Like He's like saying the right things and, and, and maybe being a voice of reason, but he's still part of this group that's he deplorable. Defi- he definitely went through the grieving process because he wasn't ultimately able to sell his brother into slavery. I can't remember. Does he say like, oh, isn't he the one who's like, what if we just, we didn't kill him, but we put him in the pit instead? Okay, never mind. He's not that great. But <laughs> no, I mean you can do, still be you know, on team. He's, still be he's valuable team. in the sense that he pretty much just literally says, like, I think we're experiencing consequences for our actions for when we yes. tried to kill and or sell our brother to slavery. And and honestly, in this text, that's a rare occurrence. And someone's like, What if you did something bad and then something bad happened to you? As far as the text goes, he's the only brother we can definitely say for sure that feels at least a tiny bit guilty. Yes. Yeah, the brothers are like, oh, we're so sorry. It's like, I really hope this guy doesn't kill us. <laughs> yeah. And Ruben's the only one who's like, hey, I think this might be tied to the fact that we kind of did a super fucked up thing back then. But I wonder if his brothers were also just like, man, Ruben, you're so stupid. Go go to the camel <laughs> Same hole. Same guy who also offers up his wife. son's. Yeah, Ruben is the one who's like, oh, Dad. Yeah. Oh, man, that's true. Yeah, just kidding. It's so funny. It's so, this has happened to me before when I'm choosing someone's team to be on, and I, I I choose someone because I remember one thing they did in the chapter, and then someone else brings up another ridiculous, indefensible thing they do in the chapter that's barely mentioned. Yeah. Yeah, yeah terrible things are mentioned very casually in this text, if you haven't gotten that by then, by now. <laughs> It's Oh, it's like when that guy in the Sodom and Gomorrah story is like, listen, what if to calm down this crazy sex mob, I gave my daughters to them? Yes, yeah. it's, it's, <laughs> it is, it's, it's an unforced error. It's yeah, it's just like, whoa. Something you say that doesn't help anyone, something you say in crisis that doesn't help anyone and just makes you suspect, just yeah. puts you on the list. It's like, oh, did you just want to do that and now you found your chance? Like, okay. It's like the first person to suggest cannibalism in a disaster scenario. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and just and like, I we still it, have a month's worth of food. And they're like, yeah, but, you know, just in case it goes just, if someone had to. Just want to get the discussion going. You know, and I, it goes without saying, this is a cut it chapter. Yeah, yeah, me. I was going to say, we don't even really need to. Yeah, no, cut this it. is such fucking. This is not hot dog shit. This is like a week old dog shit. Wow. Make sure it's not a, even hot. It doesn't even have the excitement of, of a steaming hot pile of dog shit. Yeah, get a new trash bag because you're taking it yeah. out to the garbage. Because when you're, yeah, when you're picking up steaming hot dog shit, you know, and you're doing it through the bag, you're like, at least, you know, this isn't pleasant, but this is living. Yeah, you're like I'm doing something. No, when if you have to pick up someone else's hot dog shit, you're wondering who left it there. I keep hearing you guys saying a hot dog is in like the food. I know you're not, but I just. Oh, like a hot, a like hot dog to a took ball a shit. Game and then a couple hours later. Oh, you know, I haven't eaten a hot dog in a long time, so I haven't really taken a hot dog shit in a very long time. <laughs> Josh, you seem upset with that. <laughs> yeah, just... Should I give? A, should I say a prayer? Do I have to say a prayer now? Um, or a yeah, blessing? Please, please, Ryanis, digestive system, uh, and everything else. I didn't mean to traumatize you. Like oh that. my god, honey, just dog. I'm just kidding. I've known you long enough not to be traumatized by something like that. dear smite me family may you have many dreams that are very good 
and may you find a handsome young Jewish boy to tell you what they mean. And if they mean that you need to put a bunch of rice into boxes, then I hope you find somebody who's really good at that. And let me add that the Boy Scouts of America... <laughs> I don't know what that was. I... <laughs> let me start they're, on, they're on our watch list. <laughs> yeah, they are. I'll put they them on our watch yeah. list. No, hold on. I'm, I'm going to take that again. Um, okay, take it again. Listen, guys. We, we're... We're hot off a bad chapter. Morale is low. I'll, I'll give it that. Morale is low. But we did, we did learn stuff here. Okay, we did. We learned about how to prank your brothers, how to prank your adults. Pranking your adult. This is this chapter is all about pranking your adult siblings. And I, I want to impart that on you that you should prank your adult siblings. If if they've ever wronged you before, then um just. Um, you know, do whatever you can to hurt them. No, just and, kidding. And also, but, your old dad so much so that he's so sad that he mentions Jewish hell for the first time. Listen, what I'm trying to get at here is, don't if if your brothers throw you in a pit, then you, you have a day, you have one day to get mad, punch your pillow, yell at the sky. But after that, you got to get back to grinding, and you got to get into a position where you are getting grain hand over fist. But the difference between you and Joseph needs to be that you are not holding it against your brothers for throwing you in the pit. Once you get the grain, you have to share it with your brothers. Even if they threw you in a pit and you have to say, hey, no more pit, no more throwing people into pits next time. When you eat this grain, you have to think about, you can't just be throwing people into pits. But you share that grain with your brothers, and you don't put a goblet in their bag unless you're just trying to give them the goblet. But don't put it in there if you're going <laughs> to want it back. Amen. Can I amen my own prayer? Is that allowed? I, hey. <laughs> Why not? Damn, Everybody. I feel like I really got in the zone with that one. <laughs> you, you were in the pocket. <laughs> all right well i guess if that's if that's the prayer then that's the prayer that kind of concludes this real crazy crazy ep actually not that crazy just boring episode the the boringness makes it crazy so i guess you know if you guys want to uh tell us about how we're wrong about things i guess you can log on to your email devices uh, email smite me podcast at gmail.com and yeah just, and or if you have us... a question about what's in the jewish torah we'll be like your google answers for it no no no. you tell us stuff we don't tell you stuff <laughs> well no we'll try to be as as helpful as as we can oh, whatever I just, I don't whatever know. I feel you like said it could us. be a fun little viewer mailbag yeah that's true no i not to, i don't mean to shoot that down but i really would like if you're a smart if you're a smart rabbi type and you got you're like, hey, these boys need some guidance, that is smite me podcast at gmail.com. But also if you're one of those rabbis who's just shooting from the hip constantly, just keep it to your fucking self. Yeah. No, I, I I disagree. I want to hear from you. If you have crazy theories about like period blood and castration and and you know, circumcision, I Camels. smite me podcast at gmail.com. 
Yeah. All right, we've said it. We've said enough time. Well, Josh, you haven't said it yet. Do you want to say it? Pipe me sodcast Hey. Here we go. Oh, if people are also, you can fucking do that thing where you go on to I Actually, you don't even have to listen. Just tell your fucking parents to do it. They probably have iTunes. And just tell them to fucking log on there and say, like, don't even listen to the, the program. doesn't matter. Just click that five stars so that Apple will. Ayani will give you the $5 in royalties. <laughs> so far, five stars, $5. That's five stars, $5. That's not you a promise. First. That's a promise. That's a blessing. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to overrule you. Much like a former Hebrew prisoner might have overruled someone else and say five stars, five dollars. All right, well, yeah. everyone, st stay holy.